no individual in any business can fix. It's an absolute team game. No program manager is going to get fired for successfully delivering a project but not following an HR process. But equally, no HR uh, member is going to be able to absolutely dictate every employee a program manager takes on board. And it's, so it's about how do you get these different communities all the way through to leadership. Often I talk to the, to the market about, well, if you have not got your leadership team convinced, I wouldn't even start because actually, unless everything they're doing is signaling that we're behind this and we support it, it's doomed to fail. Hello everyone, it's Neil Carberry, the Chief Executive of the REC here, and welcome to the first episode of the REC podcast, Talking Recruitment for 2024. I hope you all had a chance to take a decent break over Christmas and New Year. It's an exciting year coming up, lots of change going on in the industry, of course challenging year in 2023. Uh, we're actually perhaps feeling a little bit more optimistic about the performance of the industry in 2024. And of course, a general election coming up here in the UK as well, which will uh, change the picture on uh, on lots of the issues that, that we all work on. As always, at the beginning of the year, it's a really great time to be to be thinking about where your business is, where the market is. So I'm going to point out to a few bits that the REC has been doing over December and January that might be helpful. Back in December, we published our recruitment industry status report. That's our annual survey of where the industry is in the UK. Some really great data in there to help you understand the market you're working within. And we'll back that up with the first sets of data for this year. That's our uh, report on jobs. That's out on the 8th of January. I think the story uh, that uh, that's telling us is about a resilient labour market, one that's made perhaps ready to bounce back late, later in the year. And we'll see some more details on that when we publish our labour market tracker later in the month, which looks at job ads. A couple of other things to point out to you. It is a general election year. Look out for the REC's manifesto. That's coming out on the 22nd of January. We're getting it out early because we don't know when that election is. We'll be really clear about where uh, mem members asks for any new government are and publishing that in January really gives us a chance to have an impact in the run-up to the election. Politically, we've been super uh, uh, super active recently. We finished the last day, my last day before uh, Christmas, we were at number 10 with Jeremy Hunt um, and ministers uh, talking about business issues and we started with ministers uh, on the 4th of January with a great round table in Birmingham uh, with employment minister Joe Churchill. So lots already going on as we build up to that uh, big general election but also really important to look to the market and, and think about how we can step up in our own businesses. And today on the podcast, delighted to welcome Matthew Ragg, the Chief Executive of Gattaca. Uh, Matthew, welcome to the REC podcast. Hi, Neil. Thank you very much for having me. So we're going to dive into one of those issues in a little bit, which is about equality, diversity and inclusion uh, in your sector in engineering and STEM, but also in the in the industry in a second. But you've been in the big chair at Gattaca for a little while now, and you know watchers of the industry will know that Gattaca has been on a bit of a journey. Um, where do you see the business now and uh, and its path through 2024? Yeah, it, uh, I don't know how long I can get away with little while until you've just been in a long time. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're 18 months in uh, now, Neil. It's it's been. Uh, I've been with the organisation over 20 years, so yeah, that de definitely has seen a, a journey. Uh, I think we've had uh, a really positive 
18 to 24 months as a group. Uh, prior to that, we'd gone for a huge amount of change internationally, tech stack, operator model, financial structure, culture, acquisitions, etc. cetera. Uh, and really the last couple of years has been all about bedding that in uh, and getting a really authentic identity back, uh, something that naturally, unfortunately, we had lost a bit during all of those other necessary big changes that we had to go through. Um, so, yeah, it's been a good 18 months of, of getting the corporate memory back, getting our culture back uh, and really becoming a winning team again, which is is hugely important for any business. Yeah, many people who listen will remember uh, Match Tech as a business um, always had that really strong internal culture and and that's particularly important at a time like this isn't it where markets are maybe a little bit tougher yeah i think um whether a market is is easy or tough what you want is to be able to look left and right around your business and know you've got a good solid team people knowing what their strengths are knowing how to work well together being motivated for that, that that's something that we should all want every single day, no matter what the market conditions, but especially right now. Um, and, and probably one of the most pleasing things for me is, yeah, it, despite the market turning not long into me taking on the job, which, yeah, one one would have wished that hadn't happened. But actually, during that time, we've really driven up engagement and, and uh, the, the, the business feels so much more positive now. And uh, even when we've had some t- tough weeks during the last calendar year, uh, the, the the business has just absorbed that and cope with that and 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 being super positive and and really proactive about what we're building over the medium and long term. Um, a phrase I use far too often, but nothing of any value is easy. And I, I think we've all got that mindset of we're, we're building something really special again, uh, which is which is really really exciting. That, that's a really interesting way of looking at this as well because. I think from the point of view of us as an industry and the REC as an industry body, um, the future for recruitment and staffing in the UK is really, really positive as a professional service. But we we have to take ourselves to the world where we behave and structure ourselves in that way. We have more mature conversations with clients, that we are adding more value for clients, that people are seeing value, not just price in what we're doing. And the REC, we're publishing some stuff on that in the next uh, in the next few weeks. Um, but that sense of the medium and long term success of your business, I think that's pretty generally true for for all of us in the industry, isn't it? That that piece about professionalism and standards really matter. Yeah, I'm genuinely excited as to what I think the market could be doing over the years to come. I've, I've probably like many when I joined joined for the reasons of it sounded fun and you can earn some money, um, but was probably frustrated around the optics of it. But I think customers, let alone the industry itself, which I think that's that's been a challenge as well. But I can really see the customer community really, truly understanding the value of what a great staffing partner can do to their business uh, and the competitive advantage they can do and uh, can bring to it. And starting to see it far more as uh, akin to the other professional service industries that are out there, which can only be exciting and, and, and good for the, good for our industry of really selling and giving value rather than just a, a transactional service. Absolutely. I mentioned the recruitment industry status report um, in the intro today, and uh, that's a £40 billion industry in the UK uh, by yeah. value. It's as big as accountancy or law. There, th- There's a lot to be proud of, and there's a lot to do to to keep it that way and build on it for, further. I think... Um, 
I think there's a real need for leadership from people in the industry and the REC can only do so much. And I think one of the issues where I know you've been passionate for a long time, perhaps because, you know, the STEM and engineering specialism that Gattaca have always had, um, is, is this question about how do we demonstrate the good we do on equality, diversity and inclusion? Mm. Um, and you've been talking about this for a little while, but what's your sense of where we are now on EDI? Um, perhaps in your the industries that you're working in, in the sectors, and then we might work towards what it means for Gattaca as a business as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it is something uh, it comes easy to me because it's something I'm very, very passionate about for, for lots of professional and personal reasons anyway. Um, I think also as a what what are what is any staffing company? It's a people business. Um, I've got too many too many slogans, but one another one I use often is that we're a people business that helps people to work with people. Um, and when we say that, we're not some people who work with some people to work with some types of people. Um, and I think if you're going to do that, then you, you've really got to 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 walk the talk. I think. In our marketplace, yeah, we're a we're a large STEM staffing company. Uh, we 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 work. Our history was uh, with the Matchstick brand was very strong in the engineering, and that's now expanded across uh, tech as well. I think within a lot of those markets, I've personally been involved in industry bodies and and governmental bodies and discussions for over a decade, talking simply about gender in engineering. Uh, and in uh, what ten to fifteen years, we've only moved that as an industry from. 8% to 11% uh, in engineering of, of female uh, employees. So, yes, progress, but really, frankly, very slow progress. So, absolutely. It, it, yeah, it, it is a uh, it's an area where I think you've got communities, you've got the, the converted who are absolutely in uh, and, and benefiting from that and, and, and living and breathing it. I think you've got a community which is intrigued but doesn't know how or what to do. And there's a community that is closed off to it. Um, mm. uh, and, and I think what we're seeing more and more so in our marketplace, STEM, in my 20 odd years in the industry, supply has never been uh, in um, in line with demand. Uh, and that used to be where you had to look at different geographies to try and find an engineer. Well, no, you, you've got to look at different communities and, and every different possible way of bringing talent into our marketplace. So I, I think it's for me over the last sort of maybe five, six years, it's gone from something that people are talking about. And clearly, if you're bidding for public purse, you're having to demonstrate a level of of um, commitment to it, to actually something which is becoming very, very real and very authentic. And that's exciting. That That's where we need to get all industry to do. Uh, and we have some sectors and some customers who are massively well advanced. And we've got other sectors where they've still got a lot of learning and education and, and foundational work to do. But uh, yeah, for me, I, I'm I'm positive because I've seen it go from window dressing to be crass to real meaningful action um, uh, and therefore results. Uh, and yeah, our job is to find great talent for organizations, but it, it's also to help them not miss out on talent that they're ignoring or um, also help with development of future talent in communities and demographics that previously have been uh, unsupported. That's really interesting. And I think I, increasingly, I think that realisation 
that inclusion, equality, diversity is obviously a moral and ethical uh, point of importance, but it's increasingly also a commercial point of importance from the point of view of what clients want to see, but also from the point of view of just we live in a country with a smaller domestic labour force than we've had for some time. Yeah. If we're not reaching every part of it, particularly in areas like uh, engineering or STEM where, you know, there might be a bit more of a kind of a discussion about do you want to hire this person and give them a bit of training rather than hire this plug and play person? Yeah. Given given the need to grow the pool, some challenging client expectations and having those discussions with clients really requires you to be in that that professional services space. But before we jump into that, I'm sort of being reminded in my head of the the kind of flow of the work that the REC published back in November on uh, what recruitment firms can and should be doing on EDI and and kind of the the second part after getting yourself legally compliant of that is well how do you sort your own house out because obviously if you're at Gattaca and you're having these deep professional services discussions with clients that one of their questions are well we're going to look across the table at your team and see what we see and and understand what you're doing internally so what's the what's the approach that you're driving with your team internally on EDI at Gattaca and 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 why is that important to the business um yeah I, I think um start with complete honesty um i think you can't move forward with if you're not fully accountable of where are you today um i mean We're just not if, being scared of the the yeah, of being open it, it's it's a topic which um i, I do talk about quite a lot and, and actually as a leader of a business you could fall into the trap of being so nervous and so concerned about saying the wrong word the wrong terminology uh, and it, it landing wrong to the point that you become um, paralyzed by it and, and you're not actually comfortable to authentically talk about your own business. And, and something I'm very vocal about is just be OK. I, I'm, I'm not the expert on it. I'm just passionate about it. And I support my business to, to become experts and, and for, for them to help us and our customers about Um uh, I think if not, you you, you can get yourself in a, in a bit of a pickle. Um, for us, um, I think we've we've got various different angles. But again, if I go back to being a people business that helps people to work with people, you, you can't authentically go and help and hold a mirror up to a customer if you haven't done that yourself. So stage one for us, uh, when, when we, we took over the leadership 18 months or so ago, was, was to really kind of look at where we were uh, and to say, well, what are we going to do about ourselves? Uh, and I'm, that's probably the bit I'm most proud of in the first sort of 18 months of, of this gig has been the progress we've made as, as an organisation around culture as a whole. Uh, but within that kind of uh, walking the talk to put us in a, a really good place to become, I hope, a supplier, customer, partner to, to our clients and candidates who they want to work with because they they are wanting to emulate what they're doing rather than if I roll back the years when I used to go out and see my customers I knew I had to sound like them dress like them look like them use their language whereas for me I think it's flipping and actually I I want to be a business full of people where my customers are, are wanting to replicate what we're doing um so I think first of all it's been about understanding where we are 
Um, very early on into my tenure, we appointed our first head of EDI and more recently our first head of sustainability. Uh, and the, the two work very, very closely together, um, both going through different uh, similar journeys at different times. But that initial phase very much been about the internal, where are we? What are we going to build? How do we build momentum internally? How do we drive positive change and intrigue internally? To then be able to get to the point of right now, we know we are making progress and we're 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 in control and we have a plan. Uh, then start going externally, and we're at that stage now with both. Um, at no point will we ever be done on either. I don't think there is a done state on EDI or sustainability um, or culture as a whole. Um, but we certainly have a good knowledge of where we're at, what we want to do next, how we want to improve, and how we can help uh, our customer and our marketplace out. Are you getting that fed back to you from your team now? Are they starting to see that and report back to it? Because, of course, it's that cultural point you top, started us off at the top of the podcast with, which is, you know, as chief execs, you or I can say this till the coast come home. It's actually when the team are reporting it back that really matters. Yeah, I, I, what I'm loving now, Neil, is we're far enough down the road that it's just become organic. Um, yeah, as an example, yesterday I was prepping for another podcast with, with, with one of our partners, uh, which is about promoting uh, females in that market sector. And we're, that sector has taken upon themselves, identified the groups, engaged with them, come up with a plan uh, jointly to help promote uh that and that that's just part of their their, their go to market and their their day to day activities now now that that wasn't a plan we've come up at in the boardroom that's just happening around the business uh and that for me means it's it's real um i will talk openly and often on every single platform about it because i want everyone in my business to feel comfortable also talking about it or making the mistakes i sometimes make as well um, but knowing that it's a direction we're definitely going on uh, as a, as a business, uh, and I hope as a as a marketplace uh, as well. Yeah. That's a that's a really pro segue, actually. I'll forgive you mentioning the mentioning of another podcast. Uh, Sorry, yeah. Uh, the, um, <laughs> uh, but that that segue into okay, if it becomes organic and it's how you do your business, what's important to us, you know, as as staffing firms, as recruiters. What should we be doing with clients to help make a difference here? Um, I think it's it's living the part of the job title that I think the industry forgets about quite often, which is the mm-hmm. consultant part. Um, I, I, I uh, again will talk often that we are consultants that happen to recruit rather than recruitment consultants. Uh, and I think if you're going to be a true consultant, it's about having enough knowledge, substance um, uh, and confidence as well to be able to challenge your customers and hold the mirror up. Uh, And I don't know any hiring manager, any director, any C-suite who doesn't just want to have great talent in their business. Um, But I do know some over the years that may not have wanted to listen as to how do they get that talent. And I think we as an industry just have to be very strong, uh, very data-driven, uh, and very um, proactive in how we're approaching it. Um, I know I've spent at least 15, uh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I used to go out to customers and go, look, you're talking about wanting to change the diversity of your business. This is going to be hard work. If you increase your fees to X, we will go out and we will proactively try and find you a shortlist of candidates from this demographic to help you do that. And 
I didn't quite get thrown out of meeting rooms, but it was a bit of a taboo topic. You can't talk like that. We couldn't possibly be seen to be doing that. Yeah. Whereas today, we regularly run very specific attraction campaigns for certain demographics to help customers actually proactively draw, uh, change and drive the agenda they've got for their people strategy. Now that's For me, that's really positive uh, and a good sign of how it is evolving and how it should continue to evolve. Well, and also commercially, we need to compete on value. Yeah. And we've been terrible as an industry for competing. And we should compete hard on price and in a competitive market, prices uh, should be competitive, but um, you can't undersell the work. And there's uh, there's something here about having a more mature conversation with our clients. And, and I think going back to a discussion we had last autumn, um, a, client, a discussion with our clients at the right levels of seniority. I yeah. think a lot of what we are seeing in terms of poorer client behavior on ED&I and, and on other things is when things get so systematized that they're squeezed in the vice. Yeah. yeah. Um, and actually, if you raise your head with the senior team at the client, they'll go, oh, no, absolutely. That's not what we want to be doing. We want to be doing something else. So that getting that sense as a as a recruitment business and that pride that the offer that you're making is one that if their client is going off beam at the operational level, you do have the capacity to have the more strategic discussion. Yeah, this whole area is an area that no individual in any business can fix. It's an absolute team game. No program manager is going to get fired for successfully delivering a project, but not following an HR process. But equally, no HR uh, member is going to be able to absolutely dictate every employee a program manager takes on board. And it's, so it's about how do you get these different communities all the way through to leadership. Often I talk to the, to the market about, well, if you have not got your leadership team convinced, I wouldn't even start because actually unless everything they're doing is signaling that we're behind this and we support it, it's doomed to fail. Uh, and, and that's what I'm positively seeing in the market over the last few years is, is the leadership of businesses really seeing, whether it's from a belief or whether it's purely from an economic point of view and competitive advantage, it doesn't really matter what the drivers are as long as they're, they're on board. But, we're seeing more and more of that being genuinely believed upon by the leadership community, which just helps everybody in, in that organisation um, make it come to life. Does that change the skill set that your people need to, to kind of shape those discussions? Uh, I think at two levels, yeah, shaping the conversations for sure, but it's still consultancy It's it's and it's still holding the mirror up. I think actually from a day-to-day -day how to be a great consultant that recruits. Yeah, we, we've been investing in uh, training and support to our recruiters on how do you do it? Uh, not just, there's no point in just having all of my consultants convinced it's right, but then not knowing how to do it, not having the attraction tools, not having the right uh, mindset, not challenging what the process and structure for attraction and assessment onboarding, et cetera, looks like. We, we've had to invest and enable them the knowledge of, of what they could be doing uh, and how they should be cha challenging their customers to improve that. Yeah, that, that's been a tactical investment. Uh, the rest of it, to be honest with you, is, is having that belief that it is the right thing to do. And, and 
stats are really clear. There is not enough supply for the demand. So you have to look in every area in order to find talent. That's what this industry has done for its entire history. Uh, all it is now is that we're adding a level of, of um, demographic to it that we are helping to unearth or develop. Um, uh, so I think the skill sets are similar. It's just the tactics may be slightly different. And are the things that you've looked at that you're doing that have really cut through um, in terms of what you're doing to positively impact this? Are there specifics or does it come down to the kind of the, the old perennial of just having really good client conversations? I think like any um, like anything, success has many mothers and fathers, doesn't it? Mm. So um, is, there's no one thing I think we've done yet where we can go, that's that's exactly right. Um, uh, if I if I look at one area of our business, uh, which has got an industry which was sub eight percent as far as um, female workers in it uh, last year, over thirty three percent of the permanent candidates that we placed were females into that market. So we can we can really see a proactivity and a and a competitive advantage to our customers and the meaningful data which says we're making progress because we were probably worse than the market if you looked at us five years ago and now we're considerably better than the market dynamics so that for me shows signs of success but a bit to my point earlier this will never be done um so um probably uh success is just being comfortable that it's a or continuous journey of improvement uh and and just being comfortable that progress is being made rather than any specific major milestones fantastic i mean i think it's really important that that we as chief executives are talking about these things and that we can demonstrate those kinds of numbers starting to change in what the industry is doing is one of the reasons why we did the work that we did at the end of November um, on the guide for recruiters on stepping up on this, both on, on their own businesses we discussed and then uh, in supporting clients because we've got a unique position of trust and influence to make a real yeah. difference here. But yeah, it's enlightened self-interest as well. If we make a real difference, people see the value of the the industry and there's a bit of pride and a bit of stability, as you said earlier. Yeah. Um, just to round us off, Matthew, it's uh, the first podcast of the year. So we're looking into 2024. What are the kind of, what's the one big opportunity and maybe one big challenge that you see this year that uh, are on your mind and you think might need to be on the minds of uh, recruitment leaders across the country? Just one you want now, okay? Uh, well, you, you, you can. Have, I, I mean, it's not desert island desk. You can have more than one if you if you can't decide. But uh, yeah, what's yeah. The, what are the sort of top uh, top couple of things that you know we uh, that as a chief exec you're looking at the market and thinking mm, this is interesting. Yeah, I, I think uh, as a, as a market as a whole, I think clearly there's some potential. If you take the UK market as an example. You, you hinted towards it at the start of the podcast that there is a level of change which is clearly going to come this way, um, um, probably politically during during this year. Um, that could create some inertia. It could create some lack of client or candidate confidence, or industry and us as part of that can just crack on. Um, so if I, I I put my I don't think I've ever been as excited to come back to work. I was right at it at eight o'clock in the morning on the second of Jan. I'm genuinely excited around what 2024 can bring, 
Um, but I think industry and every staffing company is just going to be focused on um, giving a great service and being very proactive to the marketplace. Um, I think there is a um, an opportunity where clearly the demand uh, sh has shifted a little bit over the last 12 months. Um, there is a, a opportunity for staffing companies to really reestablish that relationship with the B2B side of things, um, which may have been lost during COVID or may have been lost in the craziness of we'd take any talent from anywhere, which we saw post-COVID. Um, that's if partnership is really important to you as a business. For me, it's hugely important. So it's exactly what we want to be doing. Um, I think beyond that, we have a my my my, my eyes are very much focused on from a casket point of view. We're on our own journey. We, we've we unlike others didn't make the most of a massive recruitment boom coming out of COVID because we were going through so much internal change, and we're on our own growth journey of of constant improvement. So for for me, it's just that. Uh, excitement of how do we continually bring that back to life as you said we, we've got uh, bits of our business which have had very very strong reputations in the market for a very long time we hit 40 years old as an organization in august which is a phenomenal achievement in itself uh, and i'm genuinely excited as to where we're going to be as a business when we get there um, so most of my excitement and focus is, is internally and making sure we we, we deliver exactly that but i think externally yeah, yeah. Whether markets are busy or quiet, there's always good opportunity out there uh, for the very best companies. I, I think I kind of agree with all of that. There's there's something here about uh, you know looking after your ownership uh, and um, in doing so, finding therefore finding it easy to start, sail through stormy waters. But the other thing that I'd say, looking at kind of our data, but also the kind of sense I get from other sector organizations and uh, more broadly is actually globally the UK is beginning to look quite good economically um, by comparison with some peer countries. Um, I think the, all these things are cyclical. There's probably been a bit of a eyebrows raised at the UK going back as far as the Brexit referendum. Um, Lots of that is water under the bridge now. Politically, there might be some change this year, but it's changed that it's variation on a theme, perhaps, yeah. rather than kind of big radical change. In international investors I'm talking to are much more worried about the situation in France and Germany. Yeah. Uh, obviously, in the US, you've got a big general election in November. Now, actually, politically and economically, the UK could be quite well placed so yeah opportunity out there um but a, a really kind of great place to leave it matthew is that sense of control the controllables yeah you know, you've got your business and you, you read your market and i think focusing on high quality service professionalism making a difference and and edi is a massive part of that seems like a really great message to start the year with thank you for joining us on this episode of the podcast Thank you very much for having me, Neil. Uh, always a pleasure. And thank you to all of you for joining us and listening in on this episode. If you've enjoyed it, do dig into the back catalogue, which is available on whichever podcast app you are using or the REC website. Uh, if you'd like to see us in person, and the REC is very much an in-person business, a uh, couple of dates coming up. Uh, we have a regional member network meeting in Reading on the 25th of January. Or if you'd like to come and join the REC Cymru uh, national network meeting,
meeting in Cardiff. I'll be down in Cardiff for that. That's on the 8th of February. As always, it's the week after Scotland have been at the millennium in the uh, in the rugby. And I'm hoping for once, once in my life to be the smug one in the room. I fear I will still be the only unsmug one. Um Besides events coming up, maybe you coming into the new year thinking about looking to advance in your career, pivoting to a new industry or pursuing a passion for connecting people with opportunities, a great time to be thinking about training. Couple of really good courses coming up. We've got a fantastic course also also on the eighth of February on candidate sourcing, engagement, and management. Uh, the level four diploma in recruitment management is also open on rolling enrollment for the moment. So well worth a look if you are stepping into uh, a recruitment management job. And I will just uh, on the theme of this podcast run the flag for our new course on having those difficult conversations about EDI with clients, uh, which is launching in March. I know our team put a lot of work into that I'm very proud of what we're able to bring you so if you're interested in a little uh, a, a little training boost in the first quarter of the year do take a look at uh, at those all on the REC website thank you again for listening into this episode of Talking Recruitment the REC podcast and all the best for 2024 to all of you thank you for listening today I hope you took away some valuable thoughts from this discussion If you'd like to hear more, head to rec.uk.com forward slash Talking Recruitment or follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. Simply search Talking Recruitment to find us.